That's pretty exciting, uh, what God has called us to as a family, where he's calling us into the future. I truly believe that we are living in some of the most exciting times today. And there are great days ahead. As we trust God for the future of our church, do you know, uh, I said this perhaps last week, but we're 91 years old, First Assembly, and looking good and feeling good and alive and leaning into God's purposes for our future. So above and beyond Sunday, as the video said, we'll be in two weeks. It's not Christmas Day. Christmas Day is December 25th. Above and beyond Sunday, it's going to be a party in this house. We're going to have the kids in here. It's November 25th. And we're going to have the kids and the youth. And we're all going to be uh, together just trusting God as we uh, are asking our congregation to prayerfully, all of us, anybody who comes to First Assembly and, and you call this home, that you would prayerfully begin to consider what does it look like for each one of us to bring a sacrificial offering that day above and beyond so that we can see these, these initiatives uh, that we've laid out. You'll also be getting a letter from me this week. Uh, and launching a, a website with all kinds of details about all of our projects that we highlighted here this morning, uh, how that's going to move forward, how that's going to move us forward into our future. So uh, be watching for that this week, but let's, in the meantime, engage in prayer. Casey mentioned Tuesday mornings, 8.30 is actually Tuesday morning, 7 a.m. And so uh, those of you who are commuting downtown for work, why don't you come on by? And then we also opened up the lunch hour for that prayer time. Uh, there's more information on our site as far as those prayer times. Uh, exciting days, everyone. And so if you're new to church, my name is Ben, and I'm one of the, the pastors here. Um, let's read this scripture. This is the scripture of our series. Now to him who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that is in us, to him be glory in the church. And we're trusting God in this above and beyond series to do a work that is far greater, that he's able to do another translation exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or imagine. And so that's what we're setting our heart to as we look to the future. And last Sunday, I talked about developing an excellent spirit and for us to move in excellence into the future in every area of our lives, individually, as families, in our relationships, in our living, in our serving, and in our giving, that we would develop that excellent spirit that Daniel had when he was in Babylon and God raised him up. And as we do that, it sets us up in a position to prosper in our lives and to move ahead and to move beyond mediocrity. And God has so much more for you and me than living a life of mediocrity. And God wants to help us to move past that place of average into the supernatural dynamic, being filled with the Spirit, walking with the Spirit, not only as individuals, but as a church. How many believe that God is stirring something fresh? He's doing something new. He's doing something new in us today. And so he's called us in this future. And so today I want to speak to you just for a few moments. We're going to have a panel here as you see the stools uh, around the subject of being excellent in our generosity, to excel in generosity. And so as we look at this subject together, uh, I, I want to just read this to us because it's just too good not to read. You know, as when you study, you come across these little stories on the internet and things like that. So here we go. Here, this is fun. Uh, so in Sunday school, they were teaching how God created everything and how he made it all good, including human beings. And little Johnny seemed especially intent when they told him how Eve was created out of Adam's rib. And so little Johnny then just raised his hand and asked the teacher, he said, teacher, he said, that's a whole lot to give. He said, you mean to tell me that Adam had to give up 
one of his ribs for Eve? And, and uh, the teacher said, yes, that's what the Bible says. So later on in the week, his mother noticed uh, him lying down. And though he was uh, lying down and though he was Ill, as though he was ill, and his mother said, little Johnny, she said, what is the matter with you today? And little Johnny responded, he says, I have a pain in my side. I think I'm going to have a wife. <laughs> so if you're sitting next to your, your wife today, husbands, you're sitting next to your rib, just reach out and just give them a little love. All right, this morning, go ahead. That's your rib. Um, excel in the grace of generosity. If you're new to church today, uh, one of the things we do probably about once a year is we talk about the subject of generosity and giving and money and honoring God with our finances. Please come back next week. <laughs> Don't get scared off. And I know we already had an offering time, but the reality is money is a big part of all of our lives. In the last 24 hours, all of us have gone to an ATM or we've tapped our card or we've bought something, we've paid a bill. I mean, every day we, we deal with money. And part of maturing in Christ is that we, we mature in this area of honoring God in our finances. There's a supernatural dynamic to not only just reading God's word and understanding it, but actually applying it to our life in the area of finances and God's promises and God's blessing uh, flow as we honor the principles of scripture. A lot of business books that are written, you know, even in, in you, you go to chapters or indigo and you pick up a business book, most of those principles that work in business are all biblical principles. And so we have the opportunity and the advantage of being Christ followers to lean into understanding what the Bible has to say about finances and applying those things to our lives. So please know if you are new to church, there's no pressure for you today. There's, there's no pressure for anybody. It's an opportunity for us to learn and, and to come around uh, the, the, the truth in scripture and ask the Holy Spirit to help us to excel in the grace of giving. So we'll hear from our panel just in a few moments. But 2 Corinthians chapter 8, it's where we're going to just launch off of this morning. We find the Apostle Paul admonishing the church in the ancient city of Corinth in the area of their giving. And so Paul was up in the northern part, Macedonia, and he had told uh, the Macedonians that, hey, there's another church in Corinth, and they're, they're getting behind this offering for the church in Jerusalem. You see, the church in Jerusalem was really struggling at that time. And so Paul, as a leader, had it in his heart, saying, you know what, we need to give and help our brothers and sisters in, in this other church in Jerusalem. So the Corinthians got excited about it, and they said, we're going to give an offering. And so he told the Macedonians, and the Macedonians said, well, if the Corinthians are going to do it, we're going to get, we're going to get behind that too. And it says that Paul said that they even exceeded his expectations in their generosity. So then he writes now to the Corinthians and said, hey, you guys haven't sent that money in yet. And he said, I want to encourage you. You guys are excellent in serving God, but this is one area that I want to remind you that it's important for you to grow in. It's important for you to excel in your generosity. So this is what he says. So since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in love that we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. Paul says, he wants, I want you to excel in all these areas of serving Jesus, but I want you to know that it's important that you also excel in this grace of of giving. In other words, it's grace that we receive to grow in our generosity. Just like we receive grace when we get saved. When we come to Jesus, he forgives us our sins. We enter into a brand new relationship with him. 
that old things are passed away, all things have become new. We were dead in our sin, now we're alive in Christ. We're a brand new person, a brand new creation. But it's by grace we have been saved. And so God's grace enables us then to walk in the newness of life. When we first come to Christ, we may struggle with old habits. We, we war with the flesh and the world and all these things war against us. But the longer we journey with Jesus, we don't live it out perfectly, but we notice ourselves growing in grace. Now my character is growing in grace. Now my serving, I'm serving in a church. Now I'm growing and it's all God's power and his empowerment and his grace that helps us to live all these areas of our lives. The same is true in our giving, in our generosity, uh, not just with our money, but with our time, with our talent. And with our treasure, we offer these things to the Lord. But Paul is saying, look, I want to encourage you in this to grow in this generosity. And for us to fulfill this vision as a church, as we saw in the video and as we move towards above and beyond Sunday, it's going to require that we grow in the grace of generosity, that we excel in the grace of giving in all of our lives. One of the stats say uh, that the average person who attends church in the United States give about $17, the equivalent of $17 a week to the kingdom. Now, obviously that's averaged out because some people give uh, large amounts of money. Other people give, you know, as they're able to give. Um, Another statistic, and this is very common in churches in Canada and North America and in the Western world really say that about 20% of the people of a congregation are the ones that are regularly giving to the work of God. And it's 20% uh, of the people give 80% of the income uh, and the finances to, to see the ministries move forward in the, in the church. And the reality is, First Assembly, I talked to our accounting people, we're not too far off those numbers. We're kind of in the average zone. Here's what I feel like God has called us to do as a church. He's called us to excel, to be above average, to, to flip that around. The dream is, and the vision is, that we would be a church where 80% of the people are actively involved in serving, in giving of our time, our talent, and our treasure weekly to the things of, of the Lord, to the kingdom, so that we would flip that stat upside down. Then we can go above and beyond. We can do more. We can accelerate the vision. So I want to challenge us this morning that that's the vision that God has given us, that we would be of the heart to say we want to... We wanna, we want to be not the average church. And this is not out of a place of thinking that we're better in any way than any other church. We're not. But we have 91 years of prayer and fasting behind us. This is our watch. This is our hour. We, we have 91 years of people who labored and prayed and invested and said, we're going to trust God for the future of this church. Now it's our watch. We have the opportunity to respond and to, and to say, God, I'm going to respond. I don't, I don't want, we don't want to be an average church just doing average things in our city. We have a vision that is a God-sized dream, and it's going to have to be him. But as the people respond, the vision is accelerated. And so our opportunity is to grow in this grace of giving. And for us to fulfill the vision, it's going to require that we go above and beyond being average. And that's not what God has called us to do. Look at the person beside you, and just, just look at them right now. And just say, you know what? You are above average. Just tell them right now. Just encourage them in that. Okay? Now turn to the other person on the other side and say, I'm sorry for ignoring you the first time. But you're above average too. We're voting on the Olympics in Calgary. That's pretty quiet for Olympic City. 
Olympic athletes don't end up on the podium because of mediocrity. And Olympic athletes don't get there just by, you know, somebody waves a magic wand over them. It's effort, it's work. But you know what it all starts with? An excellent spirit. The day that that Olympic athlete straps on skates for the first time starts with an excellence in their spirit. The first time that person goes skiing downhill when they're a kid with their parents and they get and they grow in it, it starts with excellence. Excellence starts as something inside. And what I know to be true about all of us and all of you is that you have an excellent spirit. And God honors that in you. And I, I, I respect that and I thank you for that first assembly. We are a generous church and it's awesome. But we're gonna grow in this generosity. I'm gonna grow in this generosity. We're all gonna grow in this generosity because of where God's calling us. And so I wanna just take a few moments before the panel comes to remind us about some key principles in scripture and how we can grow and excel in these areas. So how does this all work? First thing is we recognize that everything that we have is a gift from God. That the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. We are not owners of the things we have. We are stewards of what God has given us. This is where it starts. When you and I think that we own things, when we think we own uh, you know, all, all of our money and we think we own all of the things. We, we think we did it. We made it ourselves. We, we fall short of what God has said in his word. We, 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 we're misguided. We're deceived when we think we've earned our own way. Everything we have, the breath that we are breathing right now, friends, is a gift from God. When we live our lives from that position that we are stewards, we steward our marriages, we steward our relationships, we steward uh, our businesses, we steward our families, everything that God has given us, we need to maximize it and steward it for his glory. And that includes our finances, everything, your job, your provision, that paycheck. It's not just yours. It's a gift that God has given you and recognizing it all essentially belongs to God. And then we honor God first in our lives. Proverbs three says, we honor the Lord with our wealth, with the first fruits of our crops. Then the promise is that your barns will be filled to overflowing your vats will brim over with new wine. In other words, as we honor God first, we recognize it's all his anyway. And then we honor God in that principle, then the promises that God provides. And he does time and time again. It's the Old Testament principle of the tithe. A tithe means 10%. And what that means is that God has called us to honor him first. We trust him in every area of our lives. We trust Jesus, listen to this, to save our souls from hell. And that one day when we get saved, we're going to heaven. But we still have a hard time trusting him with that few hundred dollars. Wow. It's true. And we all struggle with this in our humanity. Because the reality is we all have bills and expenses and things like this. But one thing that I've learned is that as I honor the principles of scripture in my life, I've seen, and we'll hear from the panel this morning and others of you in this room, you can, test, uh, you can attest to the fact that God is faithful. It doesn't mean that Heather and I haven't gone through hard times. We've gone through times where we're like, how are we going to do this? But we committed early in our marriage to say, no matter what, as soon as the income comes in, we are going to honor God with our first fruits giving. And the tithe, some people say, are you legalistic? Are you getting into all this law? No, you're free from law. Be free this morning. Be free in this place. You're free. But a tithe is a principle in scripture. And it's 400 years before the Mosaic law. It was actually given as a principle in scripture. So we understand it as, as a, a principle 
how we serve the Lord. And this is what it says in Malachi, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and test me in this. You can test the Lord in this, you know. This is the only place in scripture where he says you can actually try this out. And I would encourage you, if you haven't started giving your first fruits to the Lord to test this out, to try it and let God prove himself to you. And see that if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. And so there's a reward that comes. It also says that the Lord rebukes the devourer in our lives. In other words, our money that we offer to the Lord as we tithe, as we give of our first fruits, then our, our income then is protected in that place. And if the enemy steals or tries to steal, you just know it's coming back. Heather said to me this morning, our furnace blew up downstairs. I said, that's fine. The enemy can try to do that. But I know that that furnace is, whatever expense is going out on that furnace, it's protected because we're givers, we're tithers. And we're going to get that somehow supernaturally multiple times back. So I'm like, okay, try it, devil. Uh, that's, you know, not today, right? That's what we say, right? Anything that comes against you, the, the, the Lord says he's going to rebuke the devourer over your finances. So we could just go, okay, car broke down. All right, try that devil. Not today, because that means that more is coming in. That means that God is going to pour out, open the windows of heaven. So get ready, get ready. It's coming. And, and that's how we got to live our lives. We don't worry about that stuff. But when we worry about our money and we just we hold on so tightly, then we, we lose the opportunity of giving God something to work with. And when we give God something to work with, he can bless, bless it and make it supernatural in our lives. But here's the thing. We're, we give to God cheerfully and with freedom. We're under a new covenant of grace. Everybody just relax. You're under the new covenant of grace. You're not bound to a law. You give freely from your heart. And this is how Paul admonishes the believers in Corinthians to give. He says that each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion or because of anybody else pressuring you, but God loves it when you give cheerfully. That word cheerful, listen to this. It's it's the root word there. The Greek word is where we get the word hilarious from. It's like hilarious or something like that in the Greek. And, and uh, so it means that when we give to the Lord, we should give cheerfully. Like in other words, that offering I just sowed into the kingdom, it made me laugh. That's pretty funny. <laughs> wow. Look what, look, at, look what I'm giving to the Lord. This is amazing. And it should give us joy. It's also the same uh, you know, root word where we get the name Hillary from, which can be funny as well. If you think about that, you know, if your name's Hillary, we're, not, we're, just, we're laughing with you, not Uh, give to God consistently and diligently on the first day of every week. Each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, saving it up so that when I come, no collection will have to be made. In other words, Paul's saying, if you just give regularly and consistently and generously and hilariously before the Lord, then the needs will be met and we can move forward in what we need to. And finally, we are blessed because of this abundantly. As we give cheerfully and willingly, willingly give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. This is the promise. It'll be poured out into your lap. Come on, pour it out, Lord, into our laps. Amen. Uh, for the measure that you use, it will be measured to you. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. And this grace then enables us to excel in our lives. So let me just say this before the panel comes up. This is not a pressure on anybody here today. There's freedom. We are into freedom in this place. Be free. Be free to come. But this is a challenge to call us all to grow in this area. And I believe that there will be people in this room that maybe, perhaps, and this is just the reality, that we're giving more to our cable bill every month than we are to the kingdom of God. Regularly, 
intentionally because it just comes out. And that ought not be, friends. As a follower of Christ, we need to honor God with the first fruits of our labor and to honor him as a starting point. I believe some people are gonna begin to start and some people are gonna have the opportunity to grow in this area and to grow in the grace. I'm gonna, I'm gonna invite the, um, the panel to come and we just wanna hear some stories this morning about how God impacts our lives when we, when we grow in this area of generosity. And I just wanna encourage all of us. This is an area that we're all growing in. None of us have arrived. But as we grow in it, we get to add our natural to God's supernatural and to see these things take place. All right, so this is our panel this morning. We have Shane and Sonia Penny. Let's just welcome them. Why don't we do that? Uh, Shane. Uh, Then we have uh, Salvador and Lucy uh, Caceres. And then we have Andrew Bennell on the, on the end there. Andrew. So uh, these are all leaders in our church. And uh, I just asked them if they would just be up just to share uh, just for a few moments. So in the area of generosity, how has generosity impacted your life? Like Christ's generosity to you. How has that impacted you? And how does that flow from your life in generosity? Sonia, why don't you start? Now is it working? Okay. Um, you know, I really believe that as you give, that increases your faith. And I think the challenge for a lot of us is to give, to have enough faith to give sacrificially so that God can reveal his word to us. Um, so a few years ago, God asked us as a family to give sacrificially, not only in our finances, but also in our lives. Um, at that time, God was calling Shane, uh, in a completely different career path. He was working in the oil and gas industry and God was calling him into something different. Um, also he was asking us to, as a family, to foster children. And also during that time, we were dealing with things at home, um, that that was a struggle for us. So I knew I could not do this without God's help and God's provision. And I just have to say, it's been three years since we obeyed God and took those steps that he asked us to do. And it's just been a blessing in our lives. There's so many times where Shane and I will look at each other and, you know, we're like, wow, if we hadn't done this, if we had not obeyed God, we would be missing out on so much. Awesome. Andrew, I want to hear from you just on the end. Generosity. Jesus has been generous to you in your life. How does that play out in your life? What does that look like? What's your response? Well, I guess like on this panel this morning, I have to work double as hard to be more generous. These people, husbands and wives over here, one day maybe I'll uh, have a wife. Um, Double your, I'm uh, I'm representing the singles here, you know, (laughs) double your generosity. (laughs) So uh, honestly, though, on a serious note, uh, I do believe the biblical biblical principle that it's better to give than it is to receive. Uh, You know, I find in my life, no matter what it is, if it's uh, my my, my time, my finances, I just feel um, always so blessed when I give. Um, And I, I, I do it as, you know, worship 
to, to, to God. Uh, you know, he, he exemplified perfect generosity when he gave his son Jesus to us and he, you know, sacrificed his son f- for us. So in my, my life, in my generosity, I do it as worship onto Jesus, onto God. Um, and I do think in, in my life and my walk with Jesus that uh, being generous has been able to change perspective and change circumstances in my life. So if I, you know, I'm going through a rough time or uh, had a bad day at work, uh, I just find, uh, you know, giving in any way, whether it's just being generous to my friends and just taking the check or, uh, you know, giving extra sacrificially at church or, you know, coming here at, you know, 7.50 in the morning, like all the worship team, you know, they're all volunteers and they're here bright and early this morning to get ready for the service. Um, I just think that these are ways that God can really just take what you're dealing with and just turn it around just because we give sacrificially. Uh, so that, that's why I give. Awesome. Uh, Sal and Lucy, um, can I ask, let me ask you this question. I want to ask you this one. Uh, you are regular givers, uh, to first assembly and, and to the kingdom, uh, as, as you give, why do you do that? Why do you sow into your local church and why do you give um, of your tithes and your offerings? What is that about? Yeah, the First Assembly is our community of believers. So this is the community where we belong. This is our spiritual family. This is our spiritual home. So more than uh, just a, a church or an organization, it is our spiritual home. So why not to start here? And uh, when you look at the vision that we have, and you just, uh, that amazing video that you played, it is an exciting vision. It's a vision that, that came from the Lord and is uh, reaching out the nations of Russia here in the city. So it is exciting to be part of this. It is, this is a great vision. I believe in it. I identify with it. We identify as a family with it. We want the church not just to be the place where we come and encourage each other, love each other, and uh, equip each other to do the kingdom work, to bring the kingdom of God to earth. And I, f- I feel that God is inviting us into, you know, to move away from the us now uh, mentality to the, you know, or to the me now mentality to the us and, and see what things God is, has in front of us to see the, the, the big picture. And he's inviting us into this place and sometimes it, re- it requires faith. It requires um, commitment and it requires, um, you know, selflessness, but that is the kind of God we have, you know, and, and uh, he generosity, you know, and giving from our, our time, our finances, being obedient, it, it, God pays attention to that. You know, when Cornelius, um, the, his family was chosen by God to be the first family, the Gentile family that received the gospel. The, the, the Bible says that uh, the message from the angel was that God has heard his prayers and seen his generosity, his, his offerings, his, you know, all, all the, that he brought everything, you know, to, to him. So it, it is something that, that God does not miss. He wants to bless us. He wants to bless this community. He wants us to be part of it. It's exciting. Sal, you were telling me, telling us in the first service, there was a time when you guys were stepping out in faith and you just decided to honor God with your giving and how his blessing has come back. You know, we, we read that in scripture, how as we give, then we trust God to open the windows of heaven. What does that look like in your life? And what has that looked like? Yeah, the, um, uh, the temple, uh, I was uh, early in my Christian journey. Uh, I was in a, in a church in uh, Ontario, in Toronto. And uh, we were 
renting the place and we wanted to have a temple and have a land that we could call the land for the kingdom, uh, an embassy of the kingdom here. And uh, then uh, there was a special offering and I was a delivery boy in a Chinese restaurant at the time making six bucks an hour plus tips. And uh, then I wasn't a university student. I wasn't married yet. I wasn't blessed with a wife at the time. So just wait for it. <laughs> so so I... I I, I felt in my heart that I was going to give beyond what I could, right? So I set an amount and I said, Lord, I'm going to give that for, for that uh, purpose. And uh, then I started to continue, you know, working. And what I started noticing is that day by day, the people that were tipping just keep the change, like 75 cents or <laughs> a, a dollar. It, they started tipping more. And the ones that gave five started giving ten. And, they, and then I started getting more. So the Lord started providing beyond what I had committed to give. He gave me even more. So compared to what I was receiving previous month, then he was giving me a lot more. So I could fulfill my promise and also abundantly receive even beyond, right? So then I, when I finished university, I went to apply for a job in an oil company, in a large oil company here in town. And... Uh, uh, I applied for a job, and the, the person who interviewed me came back and said, we have a better job, better pay for you. And I started my career in that company, and it's 21 years now in that company. I have grown from an individual contributor uh, to a manager, to a lead, to a manager, and now I'm a director in that company. So I've seen the blessing of the Lord abundantly in my life. Amen. Shane, I want to ask you. That's awesome. Let's praise God for that. I want to ask you, Shane, how does that, what are, what are some stories? What, how has God, you know, as you've honored God with your finances or done your, your best to do that, how, how have you seen God's blessing uh, follow you? Sure. So, well, I think Sonia already touched on it, but as we've been married almost 19 years now, and as young married couples, we, we both grew up in a home where this was modeled, giving was modeled. So, um, you know, you get 10, you give one, you save one. And, um, and we took that into our marriage collectively together and we constantly would give. And I, I should say giving doesn't just mean finances. And I know your heart on that, Ben. It's, it's everything. It's our time, our treasure, our talent. Um, but countlessly as a young married couple, we had you know, student loans and a car payment and we're trying to pay rent and we don't have anything. And and, you know, you want the latest of whatever. Um, but God would, we would always give and we would never, ever find ourselves in need. Maybe sometimes in want, but never in need. And he would always meet us. And I remember a time we had a, um, a collection agency calling us because our student loans were going into delinquent. We were paying our tithes instead of our student loans, which I don't recommend, but... <laughs> Uh, a collection agency was was calling us, and uh, my wife finally said, "Listen, I don't know what to tell you. Like we uh, we're trying to live here, and we got this." And she said, "Well, how about you know we do this, and we restructure it like this." And all of a sudden, our loan payments dropped from I, I forget the numbers, but it was pretty much in half. And we were like, "Oh my goodness, wow, that's amazing! Like, yeah, we can do this." And so it's just, and then throughout my career, I think of every move I've had. Uh, some have been for more finances, more money, and some have been for less. But all throughout that, the journey that we've been on as a family and the journey where God is taking us as a couple, as a married couple, 
has been exponentially above as we've sowed into the kingdom in different ways. So maybe there are some this morning uh, that this is kind of brand new. It's brand new to their walk with, with Jesus, um, kind of sowing into the kingdom, some of these principles of sowing and reaping. And, um, but they, they, in their heart, they're saying, I want to start moving into generosity. How would you encourage people that maybe are not givers or tithers just to start? Like, where do you start? How do you, how do, you do that? Hmm. That's a really good question. And you've already said the verse, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. And the, the writer of Chronicles also says that everything is from you. And then goes on to say, in fact, what we give is already given to us from your hand. And so I would say to anybody who's struggling with this is to take stock of your own life. To find out what those things are. And again, look at, I call them the, the, big, the big three, the three T's. Your time, your treasure, and your talent. And really submit those things uh, with a heart of worship to the Father and ask him how he's asking you to give. Journey it with him and he will speak to you. If you genuinely, genuinely offer yourself to him as a sacrifice, say, God, how do you want me to use this finances? How do you want me to use my home, my vehicles that I'm blessed with? Everything I have is yours. Everything is yours. How do you want me to use it? I would start there. Awesome. Could you pray for us this morning? Sure. Why don't we stand? Father, I thank you for every person in this room. Every person that can hear my voice. Father, I pray that you would begin to meet them where they are right now. God, you would stir in their heart. We don't want this to come from a condemnation. There is now therefore no guilt nor condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But God, I believe you are calling people in this room above and beyond. Come on. Above and beyond, God. I pray that they would come to the place where they offer themselves, not just their finances, but themselves as worship to you. Meet them where they are, Jesus. And by the power of your Holy Spirit, speak to them now. In your name, amen. Amen. Let's just thank our panel this morning. going to worship one more time so you can remain standing if you're able and I, w- I just want us this morning to I don't want anybody this morning to feel any um, undue pressure as I mentioned it's an opportunity for us to grow we're all growing it would not be my heart for anybody to put themselves in jeopardy as far as giving or sowing financially if you need a job you're here this morning we want to pray with you if you're in a financial situation where it's really tough, um, Shane up here would love to connect with you. And we have counselors and people in our church that could journey with you and help you with a budget and just practically in your life. My heart as a pastor is that I want to see all of us thrive. I want to see all of us flourish. And I know that this area of our lives is, is something that we deal with every day. And God is faithful, friends. As we trust, as we listen to God's word and we apply it in our lives, and as a starting point, some of you, you've honestly, you, you think about it, like when's the last time I actually sowed anything into the kingdom, never mind, you know, in an offering. And, and just think about that and just ask the Lord, God, what would you have me do and where would you have me start? And to grow in your generosity. My, my desire, my heart is that 
Not only would we move to that tithe or that 10%, we would go above and we would go beyond. We would be able to. But one thing I've found is often people that are able to give that offering, which is actually above and beyond your first fruits giving, are people that have been tithing for years because God blesses their lives and they're able to grow in that generosity. And so this is where we're going. I don't want anybody to feel... uh, in any way, and this is not about giving to a church or an organization as we move to our above and beyond Sunday in two weeks. This is about what God would speak to you about and how he is calling you to move in a level of generosity in your life and move it to, out of mediocrity into, into a spirit of excellence. And so I'll leave that with you this morning, but why don't we, can I pray for you and, and then we're gonna worship and then uh, we'll dismiss just in a moment. But Father, thank you for these precious amazing people, this family called First Assembly. Lord, you care about us, and so we need to talk about these areas in our lives that are so close. I know there's brokenness. I know there's pain. I know people have been ripped off in this room, and there's, there's forgiveness that needs to happen. There's been people that have had bad deals go sideways. There's fear around finances. Will I be able to make it? Will I be able to pay? Will I be able to live? Will I be able to, to thrive? And I pray, Lord, that you would break off the spirit of fear over this congregation, God, that we would not live from a vantage point of fear and lack, that you would break off scarcity from our thinking. And Lord, you give us an abundance mentality, God, that we would honor you first in our lives. And God, as we do that, we will see your kingdom advance. In Jesus' name. You know, friends, the odd time... um, you know, I'll have the opportunity to go speak at a conference or a camp or something. And as God opens up those opportunities, sometimes they like to give me a little bit of what they call an honorarium. So if I get $500 after a retreat weekend or something like that, it's just the way Heather and I are. We cannot wait to get that 10% into the kingdom. Like I literally, if I'm in another city and they give me $500 for preaching, say, thanks for coming this weekend, Pastor Ben. Before I leave that city, I go to the bank I deposit that money and I push 10%. I get out my little push pay app that I got on my phone and I get at least 10%. If God calls me to give more, then I do that. And I give right away because I would rather have a blessed 90% in my bank than hold back what I believe is the Lord's. And that's just how I operate, okay? So, and I don't say that to uh, in any way puff myself up. I've been up and down in this area, especially early in my faith. I, you know, I was inconsistent, but since Heather and I have been married, we said, we're going to do this. We're going to honor God with our finances. We're going to be regular givers to the local church and to see that, um, that we sow in faith and then trust God with the rest. So I want to submit that to you. There's no pressure for you, but I submit that to you to take to the Lord. So father, we, we do, we submit that to you today. Speak to us, we pray in Jesus' name. Let's worship together as our prayer.